Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. What's one thing that you think now is absolutely critical to what you do, but you actually didn't realize was even important back when you were getting started with the taking? I mean, you look confused. I can tell you what it is for me. <laughs> yeah. for, me uh, talk- for me, it was that I wasn't doing it, and then I started doing it. Yeah, yeah. Now you know you can do it. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, I didn't even know this concept existed. For me, it's, it's social freedom. That was the yeah, most important thing. Because right. I just thought it was just about having the balls and going, going over and how to flirt and how to do all these things. But actually, when I just felt comfortable enough doing what I want to do, when I just stopped caring what people thought, and I was able to express myself without fear of judgment, that's what changed it for me. And that was the, that was the key component for me. When I really, really, really stopped giving two shits what people thought, then I, I then I could run up to anyone and do anything. And the rest kind of fall into place. That's it's the, funny that, isn't it? Because it's like I wouldn't say that's that's not my like guiding principle. Because hmm. maybe I still do care about what people think more than you do. Sure, it's definitely more than you do. <laughs> you know, I don't just whip my shirt off in the middle of a wedding or whatever like you would, because you feel a bit hot. Yeah. And, you want to, and you feel a bit hot, so you yeah. thought you just take your shirt off in the middle of the winter. Sure. I don't walk through Rio de Janeiro with uh, six-day-old bunched-up underwear pull, pulling out of my pants while I have no shirt on, <laughs> saying hi to people like you do. But I, yeah. yeah. But it's. But I think my definitely one of my guiding principles is freedom, and that, and that's. I guess I've done it in different ways. For me, it wasn't so much about like the social pressures on me. It was more around like. I want to navigate the world from a place of freedom so that all my choices were were not based on either fear or obligation or things I had to do or people expected me to do. It was that I wanted to be able to find my own path and that led me through different areas, whether that was creatively music, taking business risks, not getting a normal job and then when I got into seduction that that was something where I was like, oh, this is the ultimate freedom for me as a man because it means that I actually have choice now, like I'm not the things that I hated was living in, in yearning, in regret, in scarcity, and feeling like I just couldn't, that there were certain things that were not available But, but what I'm curious about, like, what's one thing that now you think absolutely like, this is so important, but back then you didn't even know about it. You didn't even realize it was important, and now you're like, super important. Um, probably the, phys- the physical game. Like when I first started out, I, I had a, some advantage that I'd done a lot of meditation before. So th- my principle of awareness was with me all the time, and that is my base principle of like everything I've I've done since then teaching seduction everything else comes from that so that was always there but I think it was uh, yeah recognizing that the dialogue between men and men and women is mostly non-verbal because I used to talk too much and think too much and so so when when I allowed things to be more simplified and to recognize that what I have is enough that I don't need to be clever I don't need to prove myself I do need to improve myself but that because I want to be better and more and, and more at ease with myself, but where I'm at now is okay. And what I, and I have what it is the woman wants. If she's you know if she's at least interested in me, which is that she wants the comfort, the sex, the sensuality, the feeling my power, the eroticism, all of that stuff. So I think when I became more sensual and less cerebral, that that shifted a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of things popping in my mind. One thing is, is that uh, that my instincts were more powerful than my mind. That my instinct to want to connect with people. Uh, what I realized, what it used to feel like, is that it was dirty or it was bad or I was up to no good or I was being creepy. <laughs> but I and, and I used to also feel like women were some alien species. You know, even though I had known women, I felt like all these women that I desired and didn't know were somebody other than me. And uh, and I used to have to, and I felt for a long time like I had to force it to make it happen. I had to force it. I had to prove it. I had to keep trying as hard as possible. And then when, then it got really uh, the real understanding is that it's not a forcing it. It's a, it's an allowing. 
It's that it's simply just my job to create, as the man, to create the condition uh, by taking the risks to initiate various sequence of events over and over, that and then just allow perhaps a connection to happen between us, and that I can't force it. But what I can do is, is I can take all these risks that create this condition for boy and girl to connect. The more I started connecting and loving myself and just feeling like I'm okay, I'm actually an okay guy and people like me, that just gave me the freedom. So it's it's all comes down to the relationship with the self. And a big part of that is caring what people what people think, which <laughs> doesn't make any difference. It's what you think about you. So that shift and the more I, I think it's an ongoing process because as we get older, we actually get more and more like, I feel you guys are more solid in your being now than when I met you seven years ago. You guys, you guys are more, so much more you than you were in every way. So now I get it when older people are like, yeah, it's great when you get older. It actually is great. Yeah. Until you yeah. get really old, then, yeah. say, then it's bad. But at this point, it's really good. It's really great. Because, um, because yeah, so that relationship with the self for me, that's really the thing. It's interesting that thing though, the, like being the man of your age, it's like when you're, because we're now we're old cunts, except for one Tinder where we're like 26. Um, <laughs> but you know, when you're in your 20s, that, that I think that's, it's right in a way to be uncertain, to be trying to prove yourself, to be, and, and that, that's going to come out in different ways. Like for all of us, it came out in egotistical ways, mm -hmm. wanting to get attention. You know, you wanted to be an actor, a comedian, a musician. You know, we wanted to get accolades from disciples, from girls, from whatever else. And uh, in a way, that was like the passion fire of the young of the young man who's like actually trying to find his way in the world. And so it's like I, I'm sympathetic to that. At the same time, we've seen ourselves and, and other people way worse get lost in that, where it's like proving yourself never ends. The egotistical thing, uh, you know, need to show that you're worthwhile to the outside world never stops. And so I think, like, looking at a trajectory of a, of a lifetime for a man, it's like a hero's journey. Okay, cool, go through that period when you're a young, arrogant, or doubtful, or self-doubting man. And there is something attractive about a man at that age, even if he's not okay with himself, but he's okay with not being okay with himself. You know, in the sense James that, like... Twenty-four, but he was tormented and tortured yeah. and all those things. Yeah, and it's and, and like that. You know, I know I knew seducers who were like dead broke, had their lives in shambles, but girls loved them because they were okay with themselves, even though they were like, yeah, well, what am I doing? I had nothing much. I'm fucked up. I'm on drugs, but you know, that's what I'm doing. And the girl would accept him for who he was at the time. I'm not saying they should be on drugs and, and lying in a gutter, but the being okay with yourself thing is a process of uncovering. It's like I'm more okay with myself than I was, but at that time. There was times when I was becoming okay with the fact that I was flawed. And women would see that and they were like, okay, cool, he's a, he's a 20 something guy who's getting his shit together gradually, he's got, these, he's got these issues, but he's passionate and he's fiery and he's got these other stuff that attracts me. So, you know, overall it's an attractive package. Yeah, uh, just riffing on that. It's like, yeah, I'm still, I feel great about myself most of the time, but there's always something I'm chipping away at, you know, and that's that balance of always finding self-love and acceptance. And the more you live in that place, uh, it's the more it is your resting place. But I, just taking what you said and bringing it into relationships. So I remember being, you know, getting me so good and, you know, then dating the women that I had dreamed that I would date. And I still remember my that I still wanted her approval so bad that I wasn't voicing my concerns about what was going on between us mm -hmm. and just biting my tongue, biting my tongue, biting my tongue and uh, not being not. And that was it. So I had become authentic to a degree. But I wasn't. Now that now the authenticity stopped, and I was biting my tongue when I should have been talking, and 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 uh, and I wasn't honoring my relationship my, myself. Myself was saying, "Dude, this isn't right. This something's not right. You got to fix this." And then I was just like, "Well, I don't want to. You know, I don't want her not to like me. I don't want that." Basically, she's so hot that I'm yeah, willing to yeah, put up with yeah. quite a lot. And, uh, and because I did that, the relationship ended anyway, and even and and way more violently and way worse, and and so much more pain and suffering. 
than if I had just said honored myself the whole and and that relation with myself isn't just oh I like me all the time it's like a constant thing where you're having to check in with what's true with you you know and it's, that, that's something I really discovered along the way shall we uh, take it inside well, gentlemen well my truth right now is yeah. that it's cold and I've got a cold and I want to go in out of the cold yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and I must honor thine let's truth let's do it we've got a nice conscious honor thine friend so all of us independently around 2005, 6, 7, 8 I guess were running around the streets of uh, London, New York and Melbourne and I guess like figuring out our missions, like why we're doing this, getting a philosophy around this, kind of throwing ourselves out into any social scenario but none of us had a, any roadmap or any mentors particularly, we'd all like whatever read the game or checked out some other stuff and decided it wasn't for us. There was so, no mentor? No, there wasn't anyone around, there were some other guys trying to figure it out that I, I bumped into but what I want to know from you guys is like, what was the internal process like of taking something that was just purely chaotic? You had your thing of go and talk to five girls a day. You were just running up and telling them they're hot. You know, my thing was just, okay, I'm just going to interact and, and take any invitation and, and just start talking to girls. So none of us had any clear, like, system, mentorship or roadmap. So how did you guys go about starting to pull some kind of structure or navigational tools to be able to maneuver through this idea of natural game, you know, the idea that we didn't have a script, we didn't, we weren't trying to run some, uh, you know, routine on the girl, we were going in there and trying to vibe. But obviously all of us now have taught this for many years. Mm. It's not just like be yourself, be natural, you know, go with the flow, we have systems. So how did you guys go about developing those? For me, the system sort of uh, evolved uh, from my personality because the only thing I was doing at the time when I got into this stuff, I was actually a stand-up comedian. So being funny just was my thing. I just was funny all the time making jokes. So when I started going out there and uh, talking to girls, obviously I was being funny as well. So I started coming up with things that I could do or say that would get a reaction and get girls to laugh. And that, that kind of was my door in. I relied on it a bit too much because I was just I was just that funny guy. And very few girls, some girls would just like me for that. And others would be like, oh, no, it's guy's a clown or whatever. But uh, as I moved forward, I realized actually, if you are able to give girls an emotional reaction, of some kind that actually gets their attention and from there I was able to just pick up patterns and, and learn new things uh, and then I got into social freedom and, and a little bit flirting and you know everything I did was always based on fun and being in the moment so even when I was um, you know quite seriously trying to trying to get a girl's number and I really wanted to go out with her the interaction would always be based on fun so I always be making fun of the girl or making fun of myself or being silly and so even when I came up with like okay you have to do this this step this step this step it was always rooted in being fun in the moment because that's the only way I could be. I couldn't not be fun. You couldn't say to me, Sasha, go try my girl, but don't be funny at all. Don't be fun at all. Be super serious. Like We did that once. Yeah, we, we did that once. That <laughs> you did it for an hour. Oh, that's right. Video, but, you know. That's where you guys went switch I really roles. Make, I really had to make an effort. Really you think sorry. you had to make an effort. I had to go, <laughs> okay, little lady, what's up? That, that was, I was recovering for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was sorry. the most fun you've uh, tended to have in, in months. Mm. Yeah, wherever. <laughs> but basically, yeah, so for me, eventually I did come up with systems like here's how you flirt, here's how you exit. All, all these things, but it always came from that initial being a little bit bold, jumping in front of a girl, saying something far or crazy. And just to really get someone's attention and to solidify that, hey, here I am, you can't ignore me while having a really good time. So for me, mm -hmm. fun was always the, the cornerstone. If you're having fun going out there and taking chances from there, all the systems kind of just form back to that. All right, you, John. Yeah, for me, it's interesting because just to go back and talk about mentorship and, you know, that even though I didn't have a specific guy training me, I had learned from some of the world's great acting teachers. I had studied with shamans. I had uh, studied psychology. 
And I had one older charismatic friend who I watched walk into Whole Foods and uh, down the streets and light up the streets. And I couldn't believe it. He didn't know how to teach me or he didn't want to, but I kept watching him. And that showed me that it was possible. Mm -hmm. I saw the possibility. And um, that set me forth. But along the way, the systems, what I really discovered was is that there's I liked meeting people in everyday places, the cafe, the bookstores, uh, these little, you know, uh, sitting next to them on the subway. And I started to find that you had to be subtle, that that, that I couldn't always, like, on the streets, completely anonymous. But if I was in these places, I had to be subtle and transition subtly. So I started to learn that, and I started to learn that even the doing of it, like, just, like, waving at someone's easy, saying hi is, you know, two, uh, two letters and one syllable. It's easy. Transitioning and saying and making an observation about somebody for me became easy, but that's what I started to realize was hard for everyone else. No mm. one else was present. They weren't paying attention. Or so, they were paying attention to the wrong things, listening to the details or getting caught up on facts that don't matter. Right. And, and, or, or thinking that the answer was always in their head. Mm-hmm. So the system really became simple. It became a series of six beliefs that I came up, which was, which was follow your instincts, your intentions are good. It's okay if people don't like you, essentially. Sometimes they're misunderstood. It's your job to take all the risk. It's not personal. It's as personal as a bird in a flying south for the winter. And it's the most important job in the world, the job of the connector. And I instilled that in these guys. Like, this is what you practice doing. You practice believing this. And then you practice engaging your observations. Mm. You practice seeing the world around you, seeing the colors people are wearing, seeing the way people walk and move. And then you understand that the answer is never in your head. It's always out on them. Mm-hmm. So without getting into every little thing, I started to realize that was the cornerstone of my teaching. And that then it came down to two energies. Playfulness, which means being lighthearted, easygoing. And it can manifest as Sasha, as funny as Sasha can be, or super quiet and playful. To, and then the other energy was that I discovered that really led to the connection was sincerity. Often, you know, being a real guy, just talking, uh, and that's something we all found along the way. To really make connections, yeah, you can be funny or you can be playful or silly, but in order to really connect with enormous amounts of people and make meaningful connections, I had to be sincere. And that meant I had to talk about myself, which I hated doing because I was an actor living in a hoarder's lair. (laughs) And I was a hell of a lot more charismatic than my house was interesting. (laughs) Uh, So so then, and therein lies the path that we all found, which is coming to Mm self-acceptance. So so the systems came out of helping guys get to the place where they can be self-loving, self-acceptance of themselves, no matter where they're at, no matter what's going on with them, and understanding that that's the core to being attractive. And then, um, and then, of course, engaging the world around them by using their observations. Mm. And that, that's kind of the system I came out Interesting. With. So it's funny how we've like all, all come to like similar principles, but we have them from different, different angles or different yeah. interpretations. Like for me, it was, I was really obsessed with breaking down the game of the, of the eventual naturals that I met. And I met about four or five guys who were exceptionally good, kind of naturally in the sense that they were self-taught but they all did things in very, very different ways. And I was fascinated by one guy who seemed to do very, very little and draw women in like a vacuum. And that's where I sort of started observing what, is, what are the things that he does in terms of like he gives a bit of attention and then he draws it away. His energy is super engaging and then super cold. Uh, you know, he, he gets girls to do things for him all the time, just little things. They're always like clamoring it. And I just started figuring, and from there started seeing this concept or this principle of pressure release in action as this, as this guy wasn't doing much, but the, he'd amplified his effects through the leverage he created by putting pressure on somebody. 
and by and by holding the authority to validate, right? which was a new thing for me. I was like, well, I'd always been friendly and given people a lot in terms of being encouraging and helpful and not not wanting people to feel uncomfortable. And then I saw from that guy, okay, this uh, mentality and behavior, and it creates this effect. And I see there's a principle. And then I started seeing crossovers with my other friend who was like a, a night game dance floor trigger puller, very charismatic, very physical, but he was using different type of pressure in terms of his eye contact and his use of touch and release. And then I'm like, okay, there's these crossovers where this principle, actually every seducer is using it in the way and really many, many different artists of all sorts. And then, so that was my obsession in those early days to like pinpoint these universal laws that, that seem to be applicable across the board. People call them different names. People don't call them anything because they just like, I just do it. But that's how I, I started to pull out out of this chaos of like naturalness or, or, or people who are charismatic or people who are seductive and see, okay, these are these uh, elements that they all share. And then they run them through the, the filters of their personality and they mutate and go out in all these fantastic different ways. The, one of the key words you said right there is that it's an art. It's an art form. You know, there's some things that's, that are universally true, but um, it's always an art. And in an art, that's, you have to always be present, super present. And then, so that's, uh, so that's why it never gets old and it never gets boring. We're constantly exploring. Yeah, because there's like only a finite number of colors, but the infinite ways of blending them and using them. That's yeah. the thing. You understand the principles of the colors and the principles of the brush strokes, and then, okay, you can go off and take it in any direction you want. Uh, as we all have many different directions. Where's your next direction? So uh, tomorrow I'm I'm leaving New York. Tomorrow I'm going off to Portugal to become an olive farmer. Yes. Sasha, you're you're heading to Ecuador soon. What's going on? I'll be going to Ecuador to uh, run a restaurant. What's fun? going on with us? Open yeah. mic night. <laughs> Open mic night restaurant in Ecuador Ecuador yeah. village. Focusing on meditation, going deeper within the self. Well, that'll be a funny and, uh, uh, comedy set. That one. Which one? The one where you go deep within yourself. This is the guy who went on a 10-day Vipassana. And then I think, was it the ninth day? Because you were farting on people or something? I was just making people laugh, yeah. (laughs) You're not supposed to do that in the monastery. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. Now you can do it. You can make all that. Now it would be very different. Yeah. But yeah, working on the self is my main thing. That's great. For me, I'm here in New York, at least for the next couple of months, working coaching, uh, working on creative stuff around the coaching, and mm. really just enjoying my life. I enjoy it here. In the winter time, I'm, I may visit you, I may visit you. I don't know what, what I'll be doing this during Well, that's the thing. We have the choice. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, this has been the grandfathers of day game, getting together for a little retrospective. Oh, you're yeah. running your little restaurant. I've gone, gone. I bought a farm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, Keegan's the only one who's still yeah, like in a major like, metropolis, yeah. r- running after women. And I mean, I, I sneak I do into that. the metropolis when I got to do stuff. I've yeah. Got like an infinite man, some event. I'll come in. I'll do the thing. Then I'll just get out. I like to be out in nature. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Make it up. Yeah. Well, we made him stay a little longer this time. Yeah, it's been fun. Stick him up the vibe. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I like it. We should go and get a borscht or something now. Yeah, let's do it. Borscht. Borscht. Sasha Day Game. What do I even call? I can't not call you Sasha Day Game. I'm I'm actually just going to make it Sasha Day. Sasha Day. Sasha of the day. Sasha of the day. Sasha Day. Sasha Day. Sasha Day Walker. Yeah, Sasha no, of the Dawn. I don't want it to be like, like Pinkerty. No, Sasha Day Ray. Day Ray. Oh, Day Ray. Sun Ray. Date Ray. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it. Yeah. You guys can put something in the comments if you want to re- rebrand Sasha. Yeah. Uh, I'm still James Marshall, still John Keegan. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, guys. Excellent. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being on the journey. I love you. Mm. Absolutely.
Oh. I hope you enjoyed that nostalgic trip down memory lane with the old granddaddies of day gaming. If you're new to this, you might be thinking, who are those dudes? But if you're an old school fan, you know. You know who Sasha Daygame was before he was Sasha Health Eating Fruit Guy and John Keegan, the legend of the streets of New York City. Uh, I've been on countless adventures with these gents, uh, learned a huge amount from them as we explored lifestyle design, travel, business, and of course, seduction together, not seducing each other, well, a little bit, mostly seducing women near each other. Uh, and it was always fascinating for me to see how men who were excellent at this art form had discovered the universal principles on their own in their own unique way. All of these master seducers understand that seduction is not about tricks and techniques, not about hustle and being cocky. It is about understanding the core engines of what create attraction. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.